Ready to get your business social media on? Settle in because leveling up your business social media is here on the EGen Solutions Podcast with host Jennifer Sennett. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of EGen Solutions, the podcast series. And today we're starting on season two. And this is, I'm going to introduce you to Chloe. Uh, Chloe, see, I told you. <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> Please welcome Chloe Anagnos. Now, did I at least get the last name right? You got the last name right. Great job. (laughs) Chloe is a wonderful person, and she has actually started her business as a nine-to-fiver and as a side business. She's a world traveler. She's a blogger. She's a writer, and she's a digital marketer. So She's got it all wrapped up into one big package, and I think it's going to be a really great interview because you're going to see how someone can actually do something, having that nine-to-five job, and then creating a business for themselves that grows. So welcome, Chloe. Thank you again for letting me mess up your name. No, no. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, so Chloe, please, I know that I gave a little bit about you, but tell us more. Like, How did you start, and um, where are you now? Yeah, so I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, at least that's where my permanent address is, but I travel almost 75% of the year. So I'm slowly but surely working on getting to 30 uh, countries by the time I'm 30 on all seven continents. So Antarctica is kind of hard, but I think I can get there. We'll figure that one out. But yeah, no, I started my business kind of as an accident. Because I was really bored in my nine to five when I graduated from college. And I think a lot of recent college graduates have that experience Mm -hmm. where they're not really challenged. They don't really know how to operate outside of college life. And I just got some LinkedIn messages from people that I knew from previous internships. And they said, hey, I know you do marketing. I know you do PR. I have this business, this campaign, this nonprofit. Can you help me with X, Y, and Z. And so I said, sure, why not? I'm more than happy to help. And it gave me something to do outside of my nine to five, which was fantastic. And I really feel like when you get into agency life, you kind of understand in a way that you can kind of serve your clients better, I think, by yourself than with a giant team. And I am all about teamwork, obviously. Um, It's very important to have a team that you can rely on. But when you bounce around to different agencies, at least in my experience, I felt that a lot of times agencies like to overpromise and underdeliver. And I'm sure Jen, you've probably experienced some of that in your career. I think a lot of marketers have. Um, yeah. It's very, very, it can be really frustrating, but that's just something that I said, you know, I don't want to do that for my clients. And so I eventually said, you know what? I really like to travel. I need to fund my really expensive hobby. And so I just kind of built uh, this business and this brand organically. And really in the last two years, it's really grown. I've been able to bring on a few part-time wonderful women to help me better serve my clients across North America and Europe. And here I am. So yeah, and actually that's a really good point. So you mostly employ women to work with you as well. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and obviously there are a ton of great men that are out there, but I think it's important to to kind of take young women under your wing, at least in my experience in the tech marketing kind of PR field. It's very male dominated, especially in political fundraising, which is what my original background was kind of in. And so I said, you know, I want to take young women kind of under my wing 
coach, mentor, and get them to the point where they can just work remote. We don't have an office yet here at Argo Strategy. I'm slowly but surely working that out to have kind of a central place where we can meet maybe a few times a year. But to me, it's always been really important to be that kind of mentor that I never really had when I was starting out. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. And I'm sure everyone appreciates that. (laughs) Yeah. But I think the other interesting thing that you just brought out is that you don't have an office. And I would say that that is becoming actually a bigger trend. And because it is an expense that, you know, especially in our world, it's not, and especially you as a traveler, it's an expense that really isn't needed to accomplish the task. Is that kind of what you found? Yeah. And I mean, that... It's so expensive, at least in the Indianapolis metro area. It's really popular here. India is becoming a huge tech hub. We almost got the second Amazon uh, headquarters. Uh-huh. I mean, we were we were on the running for that. So real estate is kind of expensive, and so is office space. And I said, you know, I would much rather put that money that I would spend on a space back into my company, spending um, you know more money on hiring or fostering really good talent, and at the same time. I'm not really in one place for very long. So what's the point of trying to maintain um, an office space? So I'm kind of looking at some co-working spaces are really popular. I don't know about Florida, but here they're incredibly popular. So that might be something that I add in maybe later in 2020. So I have like an actual mailing address or a place to meet. But remote work is really becoming I think expected for a lot of employees. If they don't have that flexibility, then they'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And I think, I don't, and, and I'm sure you've run into this too. It is kind of nice, as you said, with an agency, it's, it's not a nine to five job. So I can be available for clients in the evening or different times. Obviously there's a limit, you know, yeah. midnight calls are not really that <laughs> no, welcomed, not. but you know, it, it is, it does give you a little bit more of a leeway to have your, your times, you know, available as well. So yeah, Absolutely. definitely. And especially if you have, I just got engaged recently. We oh, don't have congratulations. Thank you. It's so exciting. <laughs> but, you know, if we were to have my um, fiance and I, if we were to have kids later on, it's like, I would like to be an active parent or I would like to be able to grab a cup of coffee with some of my girlfriends later. Yeah. In the day. You know, that flexibility I think is really important. I don't really like the term work-life balance because I think it's so blah, but it's really important. And I've gotten myself to the point where I've made myself sick, just working too much. Do. Yeah. No. And I don't know if that's been your experience too, but I actually, I got so dehydrated. This is so awful, but I got so dehydrated in 2016 that I had to go to the ER. Oh my goodness. You just got to drink while you were working so hard. Well, you know, I like coffee, so maybe that was part of it. But it was so funny because I went in and my friends still make, to this day, they make fun of me and they said, you went to the ER for a Gatorade. And I'm like, (laughs) well, it was an expensive Gatorade, I bet. (laughs) But again, I think that it's so important to find that balance. And for for young people, especially when you're right out of school, you're so used to pulling all-nighters and studying and party scene and a ton of activities. So, and that's not easy to keep up as you get older. I can tell you from my, (laughs) (laughs) my wisdom, but yes, it does not, it does not get, it does not get easier. No, it does. You have to hydrate a lot more. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And invest in skincare and like go to the doctor more than go once a year. That kind of thing. Right. Right. 
But let's get back to, so you had a political background and financial because we've gone to your site. And while you're talking about that, I am actually going to pick up your site here so that we can see it, hopefully. Yeah. So this is your beautiful site and it's chloeagonos.com and that's C-H-L-O-E-A-N-A-G-N-O-S.com. And that's for the people who are listening in, obviously visually, we can see how beautiful this site is. Thank you. I put a lot of time and effort into it. So yeah, definitely. So I noticed you have in your essays section, you had a lot about government and a lot of things. And we we talked also about fundraising previous to this. So can you tell me a little bit about that? And Sure. So a lot of my my original background was in politics and campaigning and kind of like what I mentioned earlier, it's very difficult to raise money for campaigns. It's not tax deductible and you really have to kind of go about your network and say, hey, I need X amount of money for this. And so I kind of got tired of it and said, you know what? I really love nonprofits. I love charities. I love philanthropic organizations. And it's really important to be able to get in those donors who want to support you more than just once a year on Giving Tuesday. So a lot of the fundraising that I do is through email marketing and email fundraising. So I actually run, and I know you have a a nonprofit organization that you have in Florida. Here in Indiana, I have, it's a local scholarship organization that feeds into Miss Indiana. So whoever wins my scholarship pageant goes to compete at Miss Indiana in June. And then obviously whoever wins Miss Indiana goes on to compete at Miss America, which is super cute and fun, but you have to be able to raise funds. And so I got really good when I was younger at figuring out how to ask for money digitally, which is so different than just picking up the phone and saying, Hey, I need $20. It's more about saying, okay, this is the value that we provide to these young women or to kids at Riley Children's Hospital. And this is why we need a $5 donation today. So that's kind of where my background just kind of started from campaigning and politics to, okay, I'm kind of bored with this. It's really divisive really fast to, okay, nonprofits is my sweet spot. That's really where I have a lot more experience, at least just in my, you know, outside my nine to five and outside my side hustle and my business is giving back to my community. And so that's kind of where my sweet spot has always been. But at the same time for small businesses, it's also important to build your email list, your social media following so that you can tap the people digitally who support you, who like your products and say, oh, hey, by the way, it's Cyber Monday here's a 20% off coupon so that you continually get those leads and get their support digitally. So I think it's always very interesting to try to combine the art of social media with the science of selling. And it can be, I feel like, really intimidating to a lot of small business owners and a lot of maybe even small nonprofits that don't have a large fundraising team. But it's always just very important to have that just kind of aspect, be a part of your business and your overall strategy. So in your experience, do a lot of small businesses take advantage enough, or nonprofits, I should say, take advantage enough of the Facebook donation capacity and that, do you find that to be intimidating to them or do they readily accept that? Well, I think when it comes to Facebook donations, I feel like Giving Tuesday, for example, was just 
I think what, like last week, I'm already like, what year is it? (laughs) Um, But Giving Tuesday, I noticed that a lot of the nonprofits that are either my clients or are just organizations that I'm involved in took advantage because they understand the value of digital fundraising. Right. Um, but there's even some that I donate to that had no Giving Tuesday Facebook donation. Wow. Fundraiser set up. Well, and um, this year of 2019, depending on when you listen to this, Facebook was matching up to what, 7 million? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's- Well, when, 7 million total, not- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shoot, if I raise 7 million for a client, you know, <laughs> right. I'd be on an island we, we, Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, and I think some of it is that people just don't, it's just not part of their day to day or they personally don't really use social media. But if these tools and these resources are mainly free and they're out there, why not use them? Yeah. But at the same time, I think that a lot of people get intimidated because with Facebook, you do have to prove that you're a nonprofit. At least for some of my clients, you do have to upload tax receipts uh, to kind of prove, you know, your identity, that kind of thing. But right. I didn't find the process. I don't think I found the process. I mean, we've done it early on. So maybe, maybe it's changed now, but I, I didn't find it that intimidating. I mean, it's pretty standard. If you're, you're going to be a nonprofit, you need to kind of prove it, as you said. Exactly. So, and maybe people don't want to take the extra steps or, or maybe they yeah. don't even know like, okay, how much should I put as my goal? Or how do I write copy that gets people to click the donate button? I'm not really sure, but especially Giving Tuesday, I feel like it it is kind of oversaturated because everybody's asking you for money. And it's during the holidays a little bit, which kind of be difficult for some people to give as they're trying to, you know, prepare for their families and things of that nature. Exactly. And prepare for upcoming taxes, (laughs) you know, anything like that. But when the resource is there, I feel like it's important to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And even following up with an email campaign and saying, hey, it's Giving Tuesday, kind of leading up the week beforehand and saying, this is what our plan is. This is what we're doing. This is what we've accomplished. And will you support us on Giving mm-hmm. Tuesday with five, 10, 15, even $100? Also very important. So yeah. I'm, I'm working on a case study right now, but my one of my biggest clients um, is a nonprofit. I raised them about $2,000 off of four emails. Wow, that's very good. Which is very good, but it was on a list that was cold for about a year because they had never... They never did anything. They never did anything. And it's like you're sitting on all of these people who find value in what you're doing, but you're not asking them to take that next step to support you with their time or their treasure. So I feel like that's really important for nonprofits and even with businesses saying, hey, it's your birthday for, you know, maybe you're a restaurant or a bar or something. Hey, it's your birthday, free appetizer on us. It gets people coming back in. It gives them that loyalty. And I am Greek from my last name. Yes, we have family restaurants. That's why I use that as an example. (laughs) Put that out there. Well, and to even if a restaurant or a business is diligent, even just following the hashtag is my birthday in the local area can produce some really great results too. Yes. You know, absolutely. come on in. Hey, it's we just saw it was your birthday. Come in. It was a great way to get new customers, new people in in the doors. While we're kind of wrapping up just a little bit here, I want to talk about your travel because it's yeah. amazing. And now I'm going to show everyone your Instagram account. 
please do so this picture of here i think you're in uh dominican republic is it the last one that was the dominican um water oh my gosh it was so lovely uh dominican my fiance and i we went in 2017 absolutely loved it recently though i was in jordan and israel so you can see my yeah that picture right there i was in petro jordan this one here yep that one there we go wow it was scorching hot it was about 110 degrees but it was so worth it and you hydrated and I hydrated. I did. I promise. <laughs> and then that's my fiance and I, when we got engaged, so excited. Um, he's a sweetie. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very happy. But you are all over. I am. Yeah. And then, yeah, that one was in Iceland. Um, and then I've got a lot. Yeah, that one in Iceland. Oh, it's so beautiful there. But um, to me, it's important to not only serve my clients and serve them well, but to take time for myself. And I absolutely love to travel. So I've got, um, even in, in my highlights, I had seven hours in Finland, for example, um, cause I had a layover there, but I said, you know what, when am I going to be in Finland again? I'm going to go out and enjoy and go. Seven? Yeah. And it was like seven in the morning. So like no one was out. Uh-huh. Um, oh, really? but that's that my, early. my poor passport. Yeah. But I said, help me. Like, I'm just stuck here. So I grabbed a coffee and took the train and said, you know what? I'm just going to go out and enjoy. So I write, oh yeah. And then a month of luggage. So I was in Europe for a month. And, and that's I, all you had? You packed well, my friend. I packed very, very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are all... And, you know, it was seven hours, but I said, you know what, I'm just going to go and explore and see if anyone's up. I really wanted a manicure, but no salon was open that early. (laughs) It was really unfortunate. But Israel and the Middle East is probably my favorite right now. I've been to Israel twice. I was in Israel for about a month this past year. And then I have a lot of friends that live in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. So you kind of get that really neat balance of, Okay, technically you're in the Middle East, but Tel Aviv on the coast, it feels really European, which is really, and I have a lot of friends that live in the area, and I said, you know what, we're just going to go out and explore and have a fantastic time. So yeah, that was me on the beach and in wonderful Tel Aviv, so fun, but I'm working on some longer blog posts about, okay, the best of Israel, the kind of food you should eat. And I have some travel tips on my website as well. Yes, and I, I was going to mention that because I think you had something about yep, how to save money on plane tickets. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. <laughs> and look, you do have a yes, post on hydration. Yeah, isn't it? It's, a, it's so important. But I'm <laughs> working on the best of Israel just because I've spent so much time. And then, yeah, even you know, if people are, they want to live as a digital nomad or they want to build up their side hustle, but they want to travel at the same time. I have a few posts there. And then I think under essays, I might have um, some more, but just about how I've kind of just built my business and found my own remote work opportunities. And then, yeah, I have a fantastic article um, that was published by Entrepreneur about how to just turn your passion into a dream job, um, job, which is really neat. That was a really big highlight for me this year. Nice. Uh, So that's a lot about what I write about because for me, I just love the freedom to travel, explore. I have friends all over the world and 
I want to see them more than once a decade. So that's kind of what I've just done for myself in the last two years. And I think it's important to note. So and I think in one of your blog posts or something that I read is to start, you do need to work more than 40 hours. You do. Yeah. <laughs> because think- you were doing a nine to five job. So you were at your employers, giving them the best that you had. And then in the evening, I'm assuming in time and days off and the weekends, that's when you were working on your business, correct? Correct. Yep. That was when I was working on contracts, trying to figure out how to do my own accounting, just (laughs) hire someone, don't try to do it yourself. Yeah. I Um, learned that lesson too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was rough, but it was real. And then just even listening to podcasts, watching videos from other business owners and trying to learn, okay, I stumbled into this. How do I sustain it? How do I grow it? So that if I want to go to Israel, Jordan, the UK, Finland, Iceland, I'm going to Colombia in January. I'm so excited. Fun. Thank you. I hear they have very good street tacos. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, To let us know. Yeah, I will. I promise. But it's like, how do I build that up so that I can do all the things that I want to do and still support my very expensive hobby? And I think that's important for people who maybe they're not really sure what they want to do or they want to be able to support themselves and still go all in without worrying about how they're going to pay the bills. Talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs who say, okay, I want to do my, have my own firm, start my own business, but I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent or I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. And that's when I say, well, you can either work a nine to five and just kind of still have this dream, or you can go all in and work probably 120 hour weeks. And that's what I I, I've, yeah, I think early on as a freelancer, because my, my business was the same way too. I started as a freelancer, lots and lots of hours. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of times when you're starting out, it's dollars for hours and that that's the tough part, but it's worth it once you get through it. I would, I found, I'm sure you do as well. Yep. And 2018 for me was I think a little bit harder because that's when I was working those really long weeks and those long hours. But I said, you know, my goal going into 2019 and 2020 is to do more of what I love and take a little bit more time for me. And for me, that's traveling, spending time with family. I still have a lot of family that's in Greece and parts of the Middle East. So I said, how can I build this and get this going and moving in 2018 so that I can kind of stay take a step back going into the next decade. So, um, so far it's been really worth it, but you have to really stick with it and there's going to be hard times, but you can do it. (laughs) So to end our session, thank you very much. What would you give, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone, a small business, let's go small business owner to start with their social media or anything digitally. What would you suggest? Yeah, I think the first thing that you should do as a small business is to have your base, which is a website. Um, We talked about that. Yeah, I know we talked about that, but I see so many people who say, okay, I'm going to have a small business, but I'm just going to be on Instagram. I'm just going to do Instagram. And it's like, okay, that's all fine and dandy, but what if your account gets hacked or you, the app just decides to stop working or you get locked out. And I've seen a lot of small business owners that get locked out of those accounts. Or an algorithm changes. 
or an algorithm exactly and they yeah. freak out and I say well you can't put all of your marketing eggs into one basket that's why you need to focus on have a website with just the products you serve make sure it's nice it's mobile friendly have your address business hours just the basic information that you should have about your business right have a place to have a phone number <laughs> a phone number that works and that's connected right like right. that an email address um, and then a place for you know people who want to maybe get a newsletter down the road have a spot for them to sign up so that you're collecting that information you're collecting that data and even if you don't use it for the first year two years you still have it just in case the Facebook algorithm changes or Instagram locks you out or you don't want to be on Twitter anymore so that way you have that base, you have that foundation and anything that's on your website should it's kind of that like inverted pyramid or I don't know how, how I don't know my shapes very well, obviously, but <laughs> you can take what you have on your website and that makes organic evergreen posts for your social media. That way you just kind of take the guesswork out of it. And I feel like, and I don't know about your experience, but a lot of people that I talk to, they try to do it the opposite way and it just makes it really hard for them. Yeah. I think for my clientele, most of them, when they're beginning, that's when it's hard. They don't understand. And you're right. I, you'd say an inverted triangle. I, I call it a funnel, like a big net. Like you yes. need to get the net. <laughs> you need to get them off social media onto your website. So it's the same thing. So, well, thank you so much. Oh, and you so, um, much. so they can, so someone can reach out to you. How, what's your best mode of contact? Yeah, best would be email. I love email. It's just my first and last name at gmail.com. So Chloe and Gmail. I'm on Facebook, Chloe Nagnos writes, uh, just at Chloe Nagnos on Twitter, Instagram, and on LinkedIn too. I'm always happy to talk more about marketing, talk more about my work, or even if folks have questions, I'm always a sounding board for information. So I think fundraising is probably a really big topic and I wish more people would be involved with that, especially nonprofits. So definitely reach out to Chloe. Yeah, no, please do. I think it's so important. And there's so many, I could go on and on about the organizations that have changed my life or that have just been important to me that I love to give back to. And that's something, you know, hopefully going into the new decade that I can do a little bit more with my business and giving back. So I have no doubt you're going to be successful. Oh, thank, thank you very so much. much for being on the show and we appreciate it. And if you are listening, please subscribe to the podcast of your choice that you're listening on right now. And also, if you're on YouTube, subscribe so that you never miss another episode. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day.